Welcome to Cinema Talk at the Wisconsin Film Festival. I'm Mike King, senior programmer for the festival, and our guest on this episode is the filmmaker Christian Petzold, whose new film, Undina, is screening in our 2021 festival. A modern riff on an ancient myth about a water nymph, Undina reunites the two captivating leads of Petzold's transit, Paula Beer and Franz Rogowski, as star-crossed lovers caught up in a spell-like romance. This beautiful, dreamlike film proceeds with an eerie, enigmatic logic all its own, and marks an exciting new chapter in the career of master director Christian Petzold. Petzold is among the most significant and acclaimed German filmmakers of the past 20 years, and the films he has written and directed have been popular fixtures of the Wisconsin Film Festival over the years, including Yella in 2008, Jerichau in 2009, Phoenix in 2015, and Transit in 2019. Here's our conversation. So, Christian Petzold, thank you for joining us today. I'm, I'm here in Berlin. Thank you to be, to be at your place virtually. Yes. Um, so one of the things I've always particularly admired about your movies is how they begin. Um, I'm going to start with a quote from our own David Bordwell, who wrote the following about Undina. He says, no lyrical drone vistas, no establishing shot, no title telling us when and where we are, no voiceover trying to lure us in, just bam, here it is, deal with it. Any movie that starts with an over-the-shoulder reaction shot of a fiercely downcast woman gets points automatically. The fact that she goes on to threaten to kill the man she's talking to is just a bonus. And I, too, always find myself sitting up straighter in the first scenes of your films because it feels like they're already in motion and I need to keep up. This, to me, is a sign like I'm in good hands. And Undina <laughs> has one of your best opening scenes. So can you talk about how you decide where to start a movie? Yes, it's something to do with the other movies before because I uh, had to cut off all the, the the first three, four or five minutes I, I have made. Yeah? Because right. they are a little bit like uh, you talked about. They're a little bit like to show first the place, the people, uh, the circumstances. And... Uh, and I don't like it. I don't like it uh, because I want to. When when in cinema the light will be switched off yeah? and uh, the movie starts, I want to be imme- immediately in a world. I have to be, have to relate myself to this world. I don't want to be in school. I don't, I have to work. I have. I want to produce. I want to. They are strange people. Strange situation. I'm like little bit like in life, like uh, if you're in a train or in a boarding zone, you see a scene or something like that. And this this I like very much. In, in Undine, I don't have to cut off a scene. In transit before, I have to cut 10 minutes at the oh, beginning really? because I don't like them. They are a little bit like, yeah, a little bit like education. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, It's an exile situation. People are on the run. The fascists are near Paris. Yeah, and it, Some people are talking to us, not to them. Not the product, protagonists don't talk to each other. They're talking to us. I don't like this so much. And uh, in Ondina, I said to myself, also during writing, I want to be directly into the, in, into the scene. Yeah? I want... And then in this moment, Undine is also something uh, um, uh, a woman by, with flesh and blood because she's not a, a myth. Yeah? She's, yeah, she's directly in, inside of Berlin, inside a scene. And we, we have to, to work and produce ourselves into this world. Yeah? So it's like a, 
I don't know uh, the word in English. This uh, in Germany they call it Sekundenschlaf. As, uh, when you are on a train or in a car, you have sometimes you have three, four, five seconds of a dream. Mm. Yeah, they are, you fell asleep. Yeah, mm. they have three, four flashlight pictures, a little bit cut off, like burrows or the cut off scenes. And so I want to start a movie, a little bit like this. Fantastic. Um, so Undina is based on a German myth. Um, can you tell us a bit about your own history or relationship with this myth and what it was that drew you to turn it into a film? Yeah, when, when I had started 20 years ago, my work with the first six movies with Nina Hoss, uh, the, female act, uh, the female actor or actress, yeah? and we have all, always, because she's very intelligent and we have many, many discussions about the, the relationship between a male director, a female actress, uh, actress, and uh, the projections, the male subjectivity, the male perspective about muse and abuse yeah, and everything like that. And uh, so we, in this time, we are, we are talking also about the myth of Undine, because Undine, it's, it's a myth like this. This is, it's, in, in the German romantic, uh, um, uh, in the German romantic tale, it's, it's like this: there is a there is a man who f fell in love with a with the woman, and the woman don't like him. They, she don't want to share his love, and he f he, f he wants to make suicide. And he uh, he went he went into a forest, and there's a small lake in the forest, and in this lake there's Undine. And when the man calls her name, Undine. She came out of the water naked, very, very beautiful. Yeah? And she will say to him, um, I'm, I'm yours. Yeah? And the only uh, thing is our contract is if you betray, will betray me, I will kill you. But uh, if you not, uh, I'm, I'm with you as a sexual object, uh, as the beautiful girl on your side for all times. And when he came back with this beautiful Undine into his world, the, uh, um, the other said, "Oh my God, this uh, is a fantastic-looking girl." Yeah, and uh, oh, he and and also the original woman he loved. Yeah, said, oh, "My God, perhaps he had some qualities I have never seen." Yeah, and uh, so he fell in love with the original uh, woman again, and uh, he betrayed uh, Undine, and so he has to die. Yeah, this is this is a story. This it's a total male subject subjectivity story. And we uh, we talked about with Nina and later with Paula Bear when I met her at uh, during our working on transit. We talked about this same the same uh, theme and uh, the same uh, subjects. Yeah? And uh, and then I have this idea. I want to make a turnaround. I want to to uh, I want to make Franz Rogowski the male protag protagonist, the the actor. I want to make his. Uh, character, uh, I want to to use him as a female character, and uh, make uh, Undine more uh, to a to a to a subject and not to an object. This was the idea with my broken English. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. And you know, this isn't the first time that you've taken a story and sort of radically changed it in your movie. You've often found inspiration, you know, in like mid 20th century novels. Several of your films are based on. And you've always taken the liberty to take them into totally different directions, changing the setting, time period, perspective, as you're saying. Um, you seem to view them as like starting off points. 
so can you talk about what you look for in a source and at what point you know to leave it behind? It's, um, it's something to do with this. Um, I'm, I'm a, a really, really deep Hitchcockianer. In Germany, we call them Hitchcockianer. I don't know the word in English. Uh, people who are... Uh, fan- uh, 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 for me, Hitchcock is pure cinema. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Since I was 16. Yeah? I, I saw all his movies several times. Some of them very, very often, I must say. And uh, in this, um, you know, in this... For example, I, I told it two days ago to a friend. I showed... My, I went to the garbage can here in, in our apartment house and my wife had thrown many, many things away because we want to, we want to clear some things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, and I found some Polaroids I have made uh, at the end of the 80s, uh, uh, Polaroids in the garbage can. I take them out again. And these are two of them. Yeah, I found them here. Mm-hmm. There and now it's uh, I can do it like this. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you can see them. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's um, just Tippi Hedren in the movie Marnie by Hitchcock. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've made this too, um, and and they are on the on the cover of my first scripts I've written. Yeah, always these two pictures because Marnie, it's uh, she, uh, it's, it's I, I I love this movie, but it's a perverted movie, I must say a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah but I love it. And um, you can see that Mani is 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 a woman, and um, and in the first picture she's hiding herself in a in a in a toilet, and she's waiting that uh, that the, the the factory and the and the offices are empty, and so she can steal the money. And the second is after she was uh, raped by Sean Connery. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And I and I said to my friend Harun, we are talking a lot of these things. Harun Faroki, I said to him. We have to 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 um, tell the same stories again, but from another perspective. Yeah? I want to make Vertigo from the from the perspective of Kimilvar, and Mani from the perspective of Tippi Hedren. It's something to do with this, and you can see that also Hitchcock is very very interested in this per- perspective, yeah? because all these um, yeah these pho- pho- photos I've made are from in these scenes. He, he gives fantastic light to to Tippi Hedren, a fantastic scene and a, and a great, great, big loneliness. Yeah? He knows that these women are very, very lonely in in a, in a, in a masculine world. Yeah? And this I, this was the idea to to um, to tell the old stories from another perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah? There was a, this I like it, I like this um, diary of uh, the German philosopher philosopher and essayist uh, Walter Benjamin, he had written a diary in Moscow during some days in Moscow at the end of the 20s. And he said, uh, each day I go to the same place, but from an out from an, another street. And the street is always, uh, this place is always this, not the same, but in the same moment, totally different. And this for me is cinema a little bit. You can see our world, you know our world, but it's it's cinema. It's a little bit different. Yeah? And the different the the difference yeah, is something I like. 
On the surface, uh, Undina seems like a bit of a different kind of a movie for you. Um, you know, many of its themes have been resonating through movies throughout the years, but this has a more pronounced use of fantastical imagery. So it feels like there's something new in your work there. Particularly, you have these underwater sequences where characters can have visions or encounter Big Gunther, this huge catfish. Um, and this otherworldly atmosphere is heightened because there's no dialogue. And these scenes are really beautiful and mysterious. Can you talk about bringing this sort of fantastical side into your work? Yeah. Um, one, one year before I have written Undine, I have written a little essay about an American director, Richard Fleischer. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the name of the director. Yes. I, love, I love him very much, I must mm -hmm. say. Yeah? And you sure. can see that in all Richard Fleischer movies, there is an, an image of cinema. Yeah? For example, in this uh, uh, Soil and Green yeah, movie, yeah, when when someone make the decision to die, and, and, uh, he can see he can he, he can die in a cinema with m music by Beethoven, yeah? mm -hmm. and you can see a cinema, a cinemascope cinema. This as is as if this is uh, our last good thing we we have uh, on, we have on Earth, like nature. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, and in this movie, twenty thousand miles under the sea, there, mm -hmm. there you have this uh, submarine. And Nautilus, yeah? and in the Nautilus, Nautilus has also a window. It's it's like a like the lens of a camera, mm -hmm. yeah? and through this window you, you you see a fantastic underwater scene. It's um, someone is buried, buried yeah? mm -hmm. in, in, uh. underwater with a cross and yeah, like a graveyard buried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, it's buried, uh, and uh, this this is without music, without sound. It's just uh, it's a moment of cinema of the twenties. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's real and it's uh, it's it's so quiet and the silence is great and I love the scene so much. And when I uh, thought about Undine, there were some friends who always say, "Hey, you from from the Nouvelle Vague, uh, 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 the German Nouvelle Vague, you never use." Uh, CGI computers. You are always a little bit like Protestants, <laughs> Calvinists. Yeah. So Bresson, Filicarel, and so yeah. And uh, and I don't like this because I like this kind of cinema so much. And this was a, a opportunity to go underwater. And uh, the other thing was when I was a child, and uh, we have this TV set in the living room at my parents' place. But this family, uh, I. I I can't stay this family really uh, because they're always they're always talking, talking, talking. We can't see a movie with with a, with silence and concentration. Yeah? Ne never. Yeah? But if there is an underwater scene, like in a James Bond movie, mm -hmm. yeah, like in a serial, yeah? like in this documentaries by Jacques Cousteau, yeah? mm -hmm. you, yeah? in this moment the whole living room was quiet. Everyone is uh, staring. Uh, to this TV set, like in the church, yeah? and this was a fan fantastic moment. And this had something to do with my my enthusiasm uh, in relation to under under underwater scenes. Yeah? And the other thing is that the two actors, yeah? um, Franz Rogowski and Paula Bear, are very good divers. Yeah? Oh. So uh, Franz had learned it for the uh, before the movie, and uh, Paula was a diver, yeah? hmm. and uh, so. Uh, how she talked about diving, yeah? that you are underwater, a director can't talk to you. Yeah? 
There are no dialogues. There's just body, just choreography, just the dancing. Yeah? This is, uh, she said to, to Franz, this is liberty. This is freedom. Mm. Yeah? And uh, you can see it a little bit in the movie because we had shoot the first six days uh, uh, just underwater. Yeah? Uh, the, uh, all, all underwater scenes at the be beginning of the production. And it was so that they take this feeling of, uh, of to, to, to dance, to, to swim, to dive. They have taken their, in, in their body memory, they have taken it into Berlin and on the scenes with dialogue and in the apartment and so on. And this um, was a new body language for me, yeah? Yeah. Uh, physically, uh, uh, physically acting and um, without psychology, yeah? well, just, uh, they, are, they are just there. Yeah. And the third, and the movie, uh, which I which I love very very uh, much, is the movie um, by uh, Jack Arnold, yeah? the creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah? It's, yes, it's also a fantastic underwater scene. I've uh, I showed it to the actors before we start shooting, yeah? and uh, it was uh, she's the the woman is swimming on the surface of the water, and uh, the creature is. It's it's also a love a love choreography. It's, she's she's going under under her uh, belly, yeah? very 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 close, yeah? and she don't know it. She doesn't know it. And uh, but, but you can see both of them like it's like a like a marriage uh, dance. Yeah. So, and I and I remember when you know dolphins dolphins dolphins. Mm -hmm. Yep. Dolphins. Um, when I was uh, six or seven years old. I was together with my parents in a dolphinarium. This is an uh, um, um, aquarium, uh, mm -hmm. the tank yeah. Yeah, with yep. dolphins inside. And 23, uh, 30, 50, 40, uh, 40, 50 kids are standing there in front of them looking at the dolphins. And then suddenly all the parents closed our eyes. Yeah? We have to leave the room because the dolphins have sex yeah? and we don't know it. But, <laughs> Uh, that this is sex, but we can see that the the sex from the dolphins is like in the creature of the black lagoon. They are they are belly on belly, one on the surface, one after. You can see the penis also. Yeah, for us it was no problem, but for my parents it was a big problem. Yeah? And mm -hmm. and I like this um, erotic and water and and I talked about this with the with the actors and uh, this was a long answer I think. Yeah, That's fabulous. Um, so um, talking about uh, the two performers, I guess, you know, even though there's this sort of sinister contract underlying their relationship, you depict the romance between Undina and Kristoff with a sort of lustful abandon um, that's really intoxicating. It, you know, I guess for much of the movie, it feels like their infatuation is less complicated and more soulful than some of your other movies. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the depiction of love in this film? Yes, we, I, well, we, we are, we are, you know, both of them are actors. I have made the movie before also with them. Mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. And uh, at the end of Transit, I must say, this was a very, very happy production, a very great production. We have a fantastic, we are friends until today. And this is uh, not often with actors. Yeah, it's, uh, it's and uh, and um, they they didn't know each other before we have made transit, but in this during this time they have um, they work together in a way I had never seen this before. I must say, and there we 
have a, a very melancholical, melancholical day. I think the 30th day of shooting, because we know now 10 days and then we have to separate. Yeah? And I said to them, okay, um, in, in transit, uh, Paula, you have to, you are, you are, you, you drowned yeah, in, in, the, in, in the sea. And you, uh, Franz, you have to stay at land and wait. Perhaps she's come back out of, uh, out, out, out of the dead. Yeah? Mm. And, and you, you wait for her. And so I want to make a movie where he's going as a diver into the water to looking for, for, for the love. And she's going on, on, on land to look for him. Yeah? Mm. And so they have a, it's, it's a little bit a, a, like a second, uh, the second part of a story mm. for them from the, uh, from the emotional structure. And uh, so we have a very good basis. Yeah? And then uh, I said to them, everything we, we want to do has something to do with, with water and underwater. Yeah? For example, when they have, when they have sex together, yeah? and, and I don't like sex scenes in cinema. I don't like it because it's not, you can die in cinema because this is a fictional thing. But for me, sex in cinema is, it's a, it must be, uh, everything is with light and so this is not normal sex is in the dark room and then well, and uh, cinema has nothing to do with sex so there are just two or three scenes in in the history of cinema which i like where people have sex with each other but i want to have a scene but we have to find a metaphor for it yeah? and so we find the metaphor of of to be underwater yeah they are he's under uh, the 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 skirt what's what's uh, the under man, no, it's fit me this what when you when you go to bed and put this thing oh the covers the covers she, yes he's undercover okay yeah. Yeah. he's right. undercover yes. and you just uh, you you don't see a breast you don't see uh, the, the tits and uh, only penis and everything but you can see that they are both are diving yeah mm -hmm. and uh, diving in in a in a in a somnambul yeah world yeah? yeah and so then the next scene is then on, on the underwater scene this i like very much and you can work with them because you can when if you make a good description and you can t tell them what you what you want to uh, what what you are thinking about yeah? and what what your um, imaginations are they can work with this very very well yeah? it's yeah that's beautiful um so your recent films have been you know, in dialogue with German history. Um, and here you've updated this myth into present day Berlin. And you've also incorporated these presentations that tell us the history of Berlin's changing landscape. Um, what led you to integrate that, you know, those presentations into the story? Yeah, um, this, this lake yeah, with this, with this uh, uh, barrage and yeah, uh, where they dive, mm -hmm. it's, this is in a part from Germany I grew up. Yeah, this, in this lake, I have my first kiss, I must say. Wow. Yeah, and when I was thirteen with a girl I never met after, again that was during a holiday or so, and uh, you know then I when I go uh, when I went to Berlin I was twenty years old to to study. Yeah? This Berlin, Berlin is a is a city with without myths. Here 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 are no tales, no myths. It's an industrial city of the nineteenth century. So very it's like in the, the USA. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, they're very modern, modern cities. Yeah? There, there are no some. Okay, we have the Second World War. We have Adolf Hitler. There are some myths, yeah? but not so deep myths. You can tell. Yeah, we just have Westerns. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
Uh, but Berlin is also um, a city where people are coming, like, like me. We are coming to Berlin and take our myths and tales and stories and songs with us. Yeah? And we share them with others, other, uh, other people here in Berlin. Yeah? And so the myths are like voyagers. Yeah? So, and, uh, and so I want to, to make, uh, I want to show both the, uh, uh, Undine, a myth is telling about uh, the story of Berlin, which is out of myths. And then I said to, to Paula, uh, it's, it's a little bit like this. Berlin is based on uh, swamp yeah? Mm -hmm. yeah? and it, it's a dried out swamp where, where they have built the city on yeah? in the 19th century, I must say, yeah? in the industrialization. Yeah? And uh, when, you, when you are dried out a swamp, the creatures of the swamp, yeah? the, the, the curses of the swamp, the, the, yeah? They they are, they don't have a space where they can live on, yeah? so they have to work in museums, in archives. Yeah? This was the idea. This was the idea. I love that this water nymph has like a day job. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so you're a filmmaker who's stuck with your crew. You've been working with the same cinematographer, editor, producer for decades now, and as you mentioned, you've had long collaborations with people like Nina Haas, Haroon Faroki. And now this is your second film with Franz Rogowski and Paula Beer. And I'm just wondering if you can talk about, you know, these long relationships you have with these, how you work with this long-term crew and then bringing new people into the club, so to speak. Yeah. It's, it's something to do that we don't have a, we have no studio system in Germany. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And we have no, there's, you, the only chance to learn to, how to make movies are, is is in in the university in the academies. Yeah, it's not you can't go to like Robert Altman who made uh, uh, TV TV work in the beginning of the sixties. Yeah, so this is this is totally gone. You can't learn it, and so we have no um, film in industry. We don't have it. Yeah? They want to have it here in Germany, or they pretend to have it, but they don't have it. It's just money by state, and they're playing producers with cigars or directors with young muses, but it's not, it's, it doesn't exist. And so for me, when I was a very, very young cineast at the end of the 70s, People like Wim Wenders or Wim, uh, 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 Rainer Werner Fassbinder, they have stock companies. Yeah? They have always the same DOP. Yeah? They are working with an ensemble. Yeah? So they create a group by their own. Yeah? And they said, uh, we, are, we are a little bit like, like partisans, like a partisan group. We have to be loyal. Yeah? We, have, uh, we don't have so much money. Yeah? And we have uh, we have not, not so much time, and we have to be flexible, yeah? and also um, uh, also a little bit uh, hard, yeah? not to uh, to us to, to to the world around us. But that's the only way. Yeah? And then in this time, I read so many books about John Ford. Yeah? Uh, he yes. had a star company, yeah? yes. and also Hitchcock has a star company. Yeah, so and I like it to have. Um, um, structures yeah, to, to build up structures by your own. The other thing is that I think that a, a movie is a little bit like a house. Yeah? In bad movies, you have no orientation. You don't know where uh, where is the kitchen, where's the bathroom. In fantastic movies like Blue Velvet, for example, you know there's the cupboard, 
there's the kitchen yeah there's the entrance yeah so it's, it's a little bit like a, like a flat or a house a movie yeah? and i and i think cinema is like a city yeah? mm. so you have to build up next in the house next to the others you, uh, next to the house you have make a film uh, you have filmed and so for me it's so when you have the same team yeah you, and the same um, people around you you have built up a house and then then you think how how the neighborhood could look like yeah so it's a little bit like this yeah? so the movies are not so far away some of them are historical some of them are crime stories yeah? but but they are part of of a city i want to live in <laughs> um, the way you're, the way you describe this reminds me of how I've heard you talk about your movies in terms of trilogies, thematic trilogies. Um, and I've always wondered, I guess, like, you know, now you're talking about Undina as beginning a new one, but were the older ones, did, were they in trilogies from the beginning or did you sort of realize as they were happening that they were, you were making a trilogy? And how is how is this useful to you creatively? Yeah, it's a little bit like this uh, thing with the city and the house. It's uh, I'm a Protestant, yeah, and uh, you know Protestants are always uh, uh, they have to work the whole day, twenty four hours, but they are dreaming uh, to 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 lay down on a beach with a <laughs> with a cocktail and do nothing. Yeah, and I when I have finished the movie, I want to lay down on a beach and do and and, and just read and hear music and uh, and go to the uh, movies, but I don't want to produce anymore. Yeah? But on the other, like in this Jekyll Hyde thing, the, the protestant is coming and uh, says, uh, you have to work on. Yeah? And when, so I always said after a movie with, which I like, like Undina, I like the work very, very much uh, on, on, with, with all these other people. I said, then this is the first part of a trilogy. So I have to work on. Yeah? Mm. And so I had to, uh, now I've finished the script, I want to realize it next springtime after the pandemic. Yeah? Mm. Uh, and I said, this is a trilogy. The first is about water, the second about fire. Yeah? I've uh, finished the script about fire now. And the third one is about earth. Yeah? Mm. So I want to do it about elements. Yeah? Mm -hmm. It's But it's not an idea, it's just a, it's just, it's a little bit crazy, I must say, yeah? <laughs> yeah, to do this like this. Yeah? Um, so finally, you know, you're a dedicated cinephile and your work is often drawn from other films. Um, you've mentioned, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Richard Fleischer um, in terms of this movie. But I wonder if there are any other particular reference points for Undina that might not be apparent to us. Oh, um, this is... Um, in for Undine, there are no not so many reference points like, for example, for Transit, which which was not no problem to find reference or uh, reference points, because Transit I want to make like a like a, a, the Black Series in in Hollywood because this this light you you find in the Hollywood movies in the forties is is coming from Germany. Yeah? It's uh, it's Billy Wilder, Fritz Lang, Robert Seward, Mark Douglas Sirk. Yeah? They they. They are, they are in an exile and they take this nihilistic black and white light from Germany to uh, to the Hollywood studios. And I want to take it back into color to Marseille yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, Marseille today in transit. For Undine, I don't have so much uh, references. And so was the the only reference, reference was... Um, I think there was no pandemic when we are shooting it, but mm. there was a big, big desire for 
skin, water, love, look, yeah, look. It's it's something something to do that I've I, I miss a little bit bit the physical world. Mm -hmm. I miss that, and I want to find it back. Yeah, in. And you know all these series in the streaming, like Netflix, Amazon, they are so based on dialogues. Yeah, and I want to, I want to see flesh and <laughs> hair and water, yeah, and looks and teeth and uh, and also silence. And I want to hear something, and it's, it's something to do with this. And therefore, I showed them some movies. I remember, I think I showed them The Graduate. Yeah, oh, uh, the, yeah. Because The Graduate is made by um, uh, Mike Nichols, yeah? mm -hmm. and Mike Nichols was, is um, the, the nephew of Gustav Landauer from Munich. He was killed by fasc fascists in the 20s, and uh, he has to, uh, um, um, as, as a young, young uh, man, he has to leave Berlin and Munich and go, uh, go to, to, uh, to New York. Yeah? With, with his parents and you can see that there's also the, uh, such a loneliness and an exile uh, mood in his movies yeah and uh, th this i showed uh, the the two actors in before we made transit and also again because they love it so much graduate the love scenes there mm -hmm. and the and the big uh, um, in for i think the swimming pool scene i, I showed them yeah, first when when he's un uh, underwater and then uh, and so uh, I showed this also, but this nothing to do <clears throat> with uh, with the with the subject or the content. It's just something physically or so. Well, I really <laughs> value all that stuff in Undina. It's a great movie, and thank you so much for joining us to talk about it. Yeah, it was, it was a pleasure for me, and I um, I hope I can reach Wisconsin sometime. That'd be and, fantastic. Uh, hey, Christian. Yeah. Can I ask one bonus follow up? <laughs> question of yeah. you what are the what are these two or three sex scenes in the history of cinema that you think uh, are okay and this is the scene from um don't look don't don't look back yeah don't uh, look now. Don't look now yeah no, don't look now by Niklas work yeah this is a fantastic scene but also this scene has an idea yeah mm -hmm. it's a it's a pair which lost uh, their child yeah and they i think a pair who's lost uh, the child is it's it's divorced and this sex scene is something very melancholical and and uh, the editing is also fantastic because in the moment when they are together they are separate in the same moment and this is really great and uh, so I, the other two i have forgotten <laughs> <laughs> well that was the one i was hoping you were going to say so we're all set okay. <laughs> yes.